Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about Fridays Radio. It is July 18th, 2014. It is a wonderful, wonderful Friday afternoon. The weather is clear. It is beautiful outside where I live. I hope that uh, it's beautiful where you live. There's been a lot going on in the world, which is why we're bringing you a shortened broadcast to capture all that is going on with the most Stunning, hopefully stunning and impressive commentary on it that you've ever heard. It's a tall order to fill, isn't it? Yes. But I want to welcome you to True Life Fridays. I am flying solo. This is Letitia Wong today, flying solo today because I have given everybody else the day off. Aren't I? Super. Yeah. We all need a vacation, and I think we all deserve one. And it is summertime. It is vacation time, and my co-hosts have... Um, well, they're not taking vacations. They are really busy themselves, 
and they needed this time. And I'm thinking, yeah, take that time off. And I wanted to just take a moment to, and just a few seconds in silence to remember those that died, those that suffered terribly at the hands of some cutthroat terrorists who shot them out of the sky when they were flying on Malaysian Airlines number 17, flight number 17, um, flying over the Ukraine. So we're going to take 10 seconds. All right, thank you um, for joining me in that. Of course, there were over 298 or 200, uh, let me look at that number, um, people who were killed. And it is more than a could-be tragic loss, as you will find out, and we talk about that in a, in a future segment right here, um, in, in an upcoming segment, uh, it is a much greater loss than simply the loss of human life, which is incalculable just by itself. But I will tell you what else on top of that, that we lost on that plane. Um, so I want to start with um, a very quick prayer, as we usually do on, the, on this program. God, I lift up the families who have lost their loved ones in that flight. Evil is seems to always take advantage of the best of humanity to destroy it. But Lord, I know that you are in control. I know that you know the hairs on each of our heads and every single person who perished yesterday. I pray that the world can pick up the pieces and have resolve to fight what goes on that causes people to want to shoot planes out of the sky. Whether it was a mistake or not that they targeted a civilian aircraft, doesn't matter. That we have people willing to do that is such a great sin against you, against all of us. Lord, I ask you for your great provision. Help bring perpetrators to justice helped us to have a stronger and longer backbone to bear the weight of this evil and to call it out and to expose it for what it is and to right what is wrong and not repeat what has happened in history in Jesus name I pray amen Deuteronomy chapter 13 verse 19 states this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. If I get cut off, 
at any point in this broadcast, I want you to tell, I want to tell, let you know that it is because uh, my internet connection, not my show connection, but my headset has become disconnected, and I will have to call back into the show. So if you hear me suddenly drop off, uh, fear not. I am trying to get back on the show. It's happened more than once. It happened last week, so it might happen again. So early warning, guys. If uh, if you don't hear me. Uh, throughout the show, I am trying to get back on, uh, but while I have time, let's get to some of the news of the day. And one of the biggest pieces, biggest pieces of news is the airline crash. And it wasn't just a crash, it was a, a missile that brought down that airplane over the Ukraine. And while the world is talking about how what a what an awful thing happened, um, let's even even our president mentioned it for forty for a few seconds in his speech yesterday, I think, either yesterday or today. That the whole world is reeling from this this occurrence, this tragedy on the part of the people who died, knowing that they were murdered, shot out of the sky by some pro-Russian forces, it seems, who may have mistaken the airplane for a military jet, but don't seem to be all that concerned that it wasn't. And while we feel, and we palpably we feel, rightly so, that this was something that happened that shouldn't have happened, it was a terrible, terrible crime against humanity, I want to juxtapose that and say if you are upset, if you see that this is something that someone did that was wrong, terrorism is wrong, I want you to also see that the legal abortion that we have in this country is equally as wrong. I'm going to come right out and say it. Abortion is a form of terrorism. Now, before you go off and get angry with me and saying that I'm comparing the death of unborn babies ripped limb from limb in their mother's womb and sucked out through a suction cannula into a jar to be equivalent to women and women flying in a tube in the sky that was hit by a missile ripped limb from limb and sucked out into the vacuum of 33,000 feet and dropped into the ground in great bodily piles is not the same thing. I would beg you to stop and think about that a little while. There is nothing that can bring back those lives that were lost. We mourn 57 million people a year being lost through abortion. We will mourn almost 300 lost in this on um, yesterday's plane crash. But we didn't just lose those people. Reports indicate that 100 scientists and AIDS researchers were among those who died in the Malaysian jetliner brought down by pro-Russian terrorists. So it seems. It seems that they are the ones that are have done this. 
What do you think the world lost in addition to just their lives? Would we be better not knowing? Would we better be better off ignoring how they should die? Would we be better off if each of those 100 persons who died in the plane died instead in the womb? Would they have been less valuable? They had been aborted years ago instead of just yesterday. Lives that are lost through murder is a crime, no matter at what age they are killed. Abortion, and I'll say this again, abortion is a form of terrorism. If you believed, if you believe what happened to the people on that plane is more than, quote unquote, could be tragic, I beg you to find your consistency in also opposing the 3,500 deaths by abortion daily in the USA. And do it out loud. Please, oppose it out loud. I am a little bit tired of people going around saying, I'm personally, personally opposed to abortion. As in, I would never get an abortion. But I would never talk to somebody else and try to persuade them that abortion is wrong. When... You say things like that. When people say things like that, I just, I just kind of want to crawl up into a ball and weep. Because have, if we substitute other words for abortion, the atrocities that we would approve of going on in this world would be endless. I personally don't believe in gassing Jews. But I would never tell anyone else that gassing Jews is wrong. I personally would never gas a Jew. Does that make any sense whatsoever? It doesn't. It doesn't. The humanity of the victim that is involved doesn't change. Only the age of the victim involved changes. And age is not relevant to the personhood or a pers- or beingness of that person who is at the mercy of somebody else's for their lives. So I say, I hope the people are found. I, p- I hope that they are brought to justice for bringing down a commercial airliner, bringing down a plane, for shooting a missile in the sky with the intent of hitting an airplane with the intent to murder somebody. I hope they're caught. What did we lose? What did we, I want to, I just, what did we lose? 100 scientists and AIDS researchers. The magnitude of knowledge that was held inside that plane. What have we lost to Thugs on the ground that want to be that want to go back into the matrix. You know, the Ukraine is a free country, but 
there are those that want to go back into the matrix. I don't want to argue their reasons why. Maybe there's an explanation that makes sense to them. I'll grant them that. However, bringing down an airplane with people in it, commercial commercial airline, I don't care if they made a mistake or not. The fact that they got their hands on a weapon that could do that and were able to do that, they were able to launch it at a plane that they intended to bring down, whether they knew what kind of plane it was or not, doesn't matter, that they planned to do this. was was a moral crime against humanity and we lost even more because those scientists were on board. We didn't just lose lives. It's bad enough that we lost their lives. It's their families and their friends and the scientific community in which they worked has suffered an immeasurable loss. But we all lost. Because in addition to their lives, we lost their knowledge. We lost the future. Terrorists do the same thing that abortionists do. They steal lives and steal the furniture. Sorry. They steal the future. Way to go, Letitia. So I want people to dwell on that. If you don't find any equivalency between abortion and terrorism, let me know. Let me know. The number to call in is 760-542-3907. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Pushback? Arguments? You don't think that abortion is a form of terrorism or that terrorism uh, can be carried out on the unborn? Let me know. We're going to take a quick break and come back with other news of the day, including what's happening through in our Senate. Hi, everybody. You're tuned to True Life Fridays with Letitia Wong and friends. Don't miss out. Today's great episode is brought to you in part by Lifeboat Coffee. 10% of your purchase at LifeboatCoffee.com will go directly to support True Life Fridays. Just remember to name True Life Fridays when you check out on the web. Hi, everybody. I'm John Lillis, founder and president of Lifeboat Coffee, America's pro-life coffee company. We support True Life Fridays, and we hope you will, too. True Life Fridays will be right back. Don't go away. I want to thank Lifeboat Coffee for making that ad for us. Lifeboat Coffee, uh, the store, the coffee shop, online coffee shop that truly sells cruelty-free coffee. So if you like coffee, if you are a drinker of tea, if you are a connoisseur, you will find a beautiful variety of tasty coffee um, on their website, lifeboatcoffee.com. And your support of Lifeboat Coffee goes to support True Life Fridays as well. And let's move on to the next item of the day, which is something that got our attention months and months and months ago, last year, which is Richard, Senator Richard Blumenthal's Women's Protection Act. 
Now, I'm going to air quote like I'm climbing two miniature finger ladders up to the roof. Women's Protection Act. It is not a news story, but it happens to have hit the news media in a bigger way than it did when it originally, when the bill originally went into committee last year. It seems like this time um, it's finally caught more attention, the attention that it deserves, because people need to scrutinize his Air quoting Women's Protection Act. Oh, air quoting like I'm climbing two minutes from your ladders up to the roof again. And scrutinize it to death because this is what it is. Remember when I said that liberals live in a permanent opposite day and that everything is named and functions opposite to what it really is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. This is no different. What this is is a legislative Roe v. Wade on steroids. What did Roe v. Wade do? Roe v. Wade nullified all abortion laws in all 50 states at the time it was decided. It didn't legalize abortion so much as, so, so much as it made it impossible for states to pass a law that would ban abortion outright. It shut the door on that, but it left the window open. And so states began to pass legislation ever since 1973. States began to tighten laws regarding abortion. Seeing as Roe v. Wade is in the way, they couldn't ban it outright. They began to pass Lots of legislation. And in the last two to three years, much, much more legislation tightening up when abortion can take place, placing restrictions on abortion clinics, placing restrictions on abortionists, and not for trivial reasons. We know that women are routinely harmed in abortion procedures on top of the fact that abortion ends the life of the unborn child. So because of the threat of bodily harm, because abortion clinics were skirting other laws, because many laws didn't apply to abortion clinics, states began to pass laws to make them apply and comply. National Review's David French calls the Women's Protection Act uh, the Kermit Gosnell Enabling Act of 2014. Not bad, but I said it first. So now I shall repeat myself from last year when we first broke this news. And back then, it was kind of shocking to learn about, but not entirely unexpected, given the pattern of behavior that I'm constantly referring to. Senator Richard Blumenthal, he's a Democrat from Connecticut, he introduced a bill into committee which ought to be named the Kermit Gosnell Protection Act, but is instead deceptively called the Women's Health Protection Act. And remember, I kind of got a little bit out of sorts. I said, I can't take this anymore. The lengths Democrats will go to calling things the opposite of what they really are 
it, it, it's like a ch- product made called you know product made in China. It's not really what it claims to be. Is this pet food, or isn't it pet food? Is this really toothpaste? I don't know really what this is. Is this really food at all? It might be food at all, but is is it? Did that food used to be somebody's pet? Does it smell? I don't know. The salesperson says it's definitely, probably not antifreeze. I mean, really, that is what this bill is like. Senator Blumenthal had this to say about his bill, and he this was back in uh, last year when he talked to the Weekly Standard, and he said about it: the basic principle is that there can be no restriction, no restriction on abortion facilities. That is also not in, that is also that is not also imposed. Excuse me. There can be no restriction that is not also imposed on a medically comparable procedure. If they single out abortion or reproductive rights, it's going to fall foul, Blumenthal said. He told the Weekly Standard that it's for doctors to decide what counts as a medically comparable procedure. So what's a medically comparable procedure? Whatever. Yes. Whatever a doctor deems a medically comparable procedure. What he's saying is that we can't hold abortion clinics to the same medical standards in their facilities that we do for doctor's offices, for hospitals, for clinics, for urgent care facilities, for anywhere else that people get actual health care. Abortion clinics have to be exempt from those whenever they're named abortion clinics. Blumenthal specifically condemned health and safety regulations requiring that an abortion doctor have admitting privileges at a hospital or that the hallways in a clinic be a certain width, which has no relation to health or safety. Oh, really? Hmm, we'll go back to that. Top officials at leading abortion rights organizations joined Blumenthal in denouncing such health and safety regulations, which states like Texas and Pennsylvania passed in response to the deaths of women in abortion clinics like the one run by Kermit Gosnell in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, wait a minute. Blumenthal wants us to view abortion the same as any other medically comparable procedure, right? He said so. But he doesn't want the place that abortion is carried out to be treated the same as any other place that performs medically comparable procedures. Huh. I'd like him to name one legitimate medical facility that doesn't have to operate under a battery of health and safety regulations anywhere in the country. Let me ask some questions. Aren't liberals on record consistently saying that health and safety regulations are of utmost importance? Regulations that 
regulations are their guarantee, right? If you're a liberal, you're for regulations. They're the guarantee, the only kind of guarantee they ever depend on, that people are doing what they should be doing, right? Aren't they forever in support of tighter controls and more regulations and greater oversight everywhere, even medical facilities? Aren't they the ones scraping walls for lead paint and measuring the width of hallways and sending OSHA inspectors everywhere? Why? For your health and safety, of course. But here, here, they're calling for a total hands-off approach. This contradicts both what Blumenthal had to say about medically comparable procedures and contradicts everything else in the world. In the world! Abortion is a medically comparable procedure to anything else. And medical procedures have to be done in medical facilities that are regulated by law, specifying that doctors must follow certain rules, uniform procedures, such as having admitting privileges in the hallways have to be a certain width, say, wheelchair accessible. Hey, it's the law of the land, remember? Then, really, abortion facilities should be regulated more to meet health and safety standards of other healthcare facilities. Not to have none at all. You know, at this rate, the only regulation abortion facilities will have to follow is that each one has to be named by Wendy Davis in her pink suit and sneakers, wearing a catheter. And that's, that's how ridiculous this b- bill is. I am not confident that it will pass because it is even more extreme than many senators who are pro-choice themselves are willing to vote for. God, I hope they're not willing to vote for this. God, I hope they see how extreme this bill is. I don't have a ton of faith in our Democrat senators, but God, I hope that they see that this bill is so extreme that they would not vote for it. They would vote it down. Uh, well, so let so we're following it. I told you that I would follow it uh from last year. And so we're still following it and we're going to keep following it until hopefully it gets defeated. Uh if you want to call your senator, mine is uh I, I, one is Roy Blunt of Missouri. He's a Republican, claims to be pro-life. I'm pretty confident that he's not going to vote for this bill. Not so confident in Claire McCaskill, who is a Democrat. And really just, if, you want, if, if they weren't in politics together, I would think that Claire McCaskill and uh, former Senator Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, would be best friends on this. I really do. But um, maybe to save her political skin, she might vote against it. But God, I hope people realize how extreme this is. All right, in other news, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. I don't know, it's bad news. It's bad news Friday today. But something to pray about. Senator Manchin. Who claim, Senator Joe Manchin, who claims to be pro-life, he kind of shows just how much he respects the religious liberty that he, 
that uh, we talk about. He likes it so much that he voted for a bill that would ensure no private businesses would ever have that liberty again. And I'm talking about the Hobby Lobby decision. Oh, yes. It seems the Hobby Lobby decision last week kicked Democrat senators and also Joe Manchin into high gear churning out a bill that would eliminate the freedom that SCOTUS had just ensured with Hobby Lobbies to keep. And Hobby Lobby was going to be an example that people that own private businesses can exercise their religious freedom when it comes to Obamacare mandates, specifically Obamacare mandates. We were supposed to take that generally to mean that private businesses don't have to give up their religious convictions in order to stay in business. You know, kind of like uh, the promise that President Obama had made, if you like your religious convictions and if you like your religious liberty, you can keep your religious liberty. It kind of falls along that ground. Well, Joe Manchin... Senator Manchin had said for profit for profit corporations do not have do not have this is his rationale do not have the same legal privileges as nonprofits and therefore they should not have the same protections as nonprofits recognized by law as being a religious institution or organization this legislation the one he voted for this legislation strikes a balance between allowing nonprofit organizations to hold on to their religious views while ensuring that Americans have access to safe, affordable, and reliable preventative health benefits. Okay. I'm sorry. Did he swallow Cecile Richards' last public speech and just cough it back up? Be afraid, American citizen. Be very afraid. Because Senator Manchin just said that your rights are not rights, but privileges. Nonprofit religious organizations, he just said. He just said that the exemptions that you have are given to you as a protection because of your status as a nonprofit, as if you don't have them unless Congress grants you your rights. At no point here does he even use the word right or rights. If you don't believe me, let me repeat what he said. This legislation strikes a balance between allowing nonprofit organizations to hold on to their religious views. Did you hear that? You are only going to have what you are allowed to have. He goes on. While ensuring that Americans have access to safe, affordable, and reliable preventative health benefits. First of all, abortive fashions aren't health benefits. Second, as anyone knows by now, there is nothing about Obamacare that is affordable. So people need to stop using that word, seriously. Third, and most constitutionally serious, 
Why does he, quote-unquote, protect some nonprofits, but, quote-unquote, ensure other Americans that they can get stuff that is most definitely not constitutionally protected, like the Plan B pill? Riddle me that. Senator Manchin has bought the lie of the left. That women need pills to be equal to men. Really, is that not an insane to think just at face value? This idea that I have to change my body chemistry to that which is unnatural for me is how I can compete and succeed in the world of men. Does that make any sense? It does to them. But let me tell you today, I have proof positive. Every narrative of the left that says women are naturally inferior to men and therefore need something done to them in order to be equal to men is a complete and total lie. I only need one example, but it's the finest example I have ever seen. Everyone knows I love Ninja Warrior, right? Everyone knows that. If you don't know that, know it today. I love Ninja Warrior. If you don't know what Ninja Warrior is, I can't help you now. Go look it up. It's a kick-your-butt obstacle course. Long story short, go look it up. Well, the American version has been around for years, a few years. You're going to love this. I love this. The course has three stages, the third being the coveted prize-winning stage. No woman has made it through all the previous qualifying stages, the, the first two. Until now. Please understand, this course was built, it was physically built to advantage the taller athlete and those athletes with massive upper body strength and endurance. Taller, massive upper body strength. This woman, Casey Catanzaro, is five feet tall. She's shorter than I am. She weighs 100 pounds. She's smaller than me in every dimension. She passed the first stage, something no woman has ever done. Then she passed the second stage. I said this thing was built to advantage the taller athlete, didn't I? It was built for men. And barely any man has ever passed this point, the second stage. That's how hard it is. If you watch the video of her passing, her going through the entire second stage, you will witness a woman conquer what most men do not, and in the process, gut, left feminist thought clear through. Amen. Left feminism, the kind of ideology that Senator Manchin is speaking out of, says that the bar needs to be lowered, the course needs to be changed, women need to go on equalizer pills, and also need to be put at the front of the line to obtain the same results men obtain. Ms. Catanzaro has just shown that to be false in every way. 
Hang on a second. I'm going to play the video for you. I'm going to play her victory run for you. And if you don't love it, I don't know how you can love anything else because it is awesome. Hang on a second while I find the clip, and I will play it. Hang on there. I am looking because it's not where it should be. Here it is. All right, here we go. It's only five feet tall. There's a going in the lead. It's a go. She got it. One more pull to go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. She's done it. This has been truly an historic night. She's surpassing every expectation. And now this is it, the spider climb. The final 30 feet. This obstacle is four feet wide. She's five feet tall. It's going to be difficult to lock in, but if she conquers this course, she will elevate the standards for female competitors. Got it. Take time. You know, for the viewers at home, understand this is so challenging, so hard, and look what she's doing. Oh, look at that. What? Shut the front door. She's about to do the impossible for a second time. Oh, my goodness. Casey Castro has done it. The first woman ever to complete a city final first to Las Vegas. There is no limit to what this woman can do. I love it. I love it. Don't you love it? I love what she has accomplished. No ifs, ands, or buts. I won't do what she accomplishes. Yeah. Hey, Thomas. <laughs> Hi. I Hi, my favorite Letitia Wong. Huh? I brought you on. I brought you on to celebrate. Woo woo woo! <laughs> yeah, I saw that. She was a tiny little lady. She was. She is. She's like yep. I said, smaller than me in every dimension. I I'm not going to diminish her accomplishments. This is, here's my point. By saying that women need a special compensation for us, just because right. we're women. Five feet tall. Boom! Your argument is invalid. Right. After reading Senator Manchin's explaining, I do need a pill. I need a pill. I need an equalizer pill for my head so that I can not have a freaking headache from the lack of respect for women that he has in his lady. Right. So um, here's what I here's here's we're we're get rapidly getting to the the last of our commentary for today. This woman has conquered what no man has conquered. I mean, I shouldn't say no man. What very few men has conquered with absolutely no help. And the way she has done it is by playing in a man's world and beating. A man's rules. They're not a man's rules. They're just rules. And this is what the true feminist, I don't like to use that word because of what it means normally, but the true feminist wouldn't want to diminish anything of us by saying we need some kind of special dispensation 
just to compete in a world where men maybe have an advantage. But liberals like to play in this playground all the time, lowering the bar for everybody they think is helpless and can't make it without it. Isn't that a lowered view of humanity, that some people are intelligent enough, big enough, strong enough, better, good enough, but others are just not as good, just not good enough? Right. How, how insulting is that? How insulting is that? There was that story um, that, that Glenn Beck had put a, a woman, he had put a mother on his, his radio program or his television program, who had a son, he's like 14 now, and he's doing really well in school. He's, he's a high school, he's in high school, and he's, um, I, I can't really remember all the details, but he was born, either he was born without arms, or he was born and had an accident that removed his arms. And he had to learn to live without arms. And, You'll, he'll tell you right now that if you try to help him in a way that he knows he can help himself, he will get angry with you. He said a lot of kids in, at school, they try, you know, if he drops his backpack, because he only has just minimum shoulders to hold a backpack on his back. He said if, if he drops his backpack and somebody picks it up for him, he's going to throw it right down on the ground and pick it up himself. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't want anybody to help him. He doesn't need anybody to help him. And he knows the more that he does for himself, the more he knows he can. And the more that he shows he can. That is the kind of spirit we want every human being to experience. Whether you're disabled, you have arms, or you don't have arms. You can't have that experience if your life is snuffed out before you've even taken a breath on earth. That's the whole pro-life idea. That's, that's pro-life in a nutshell. Age doesn't matter. Height doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. That's what arguing pro-life is about. Equal rights, equal opportunity, equal treatment for all. What liberal would disagree with that? Only those who have an agenda to do the opposite of what that equality really entails. Beware. Beware the liberal narrative. I said liberals live in a permanent opposite day, and everything they do shows that that is true. They do live in a permanent opposite day. What's back is front. What's left is right. What's up is down. I don't know how they live except at the mercy and the grace of those of us who have sanity on our side. The only way – this is how I know. The only way liberalism survives – is because the rest of us conservatives let them. <laughs> we let liberalism survive. Not people, the idea. The idea. We let them survive because it's part of conservatives to say, hey, if you want to believe that, fine, knock yourself out. But the minute you try to undermine people's logical thinking, their conservative values, when you start encroaching on what conservative values say, which is you do what's right, what you ever you think is right for you in your life. If you want to go be a liberal, if you want to buy Starbucks, go ahead. If you want to buy 
Tom's shoes and think you're doing a lot of good with those, go ahead. Don't make me live out your values. So much for, you know, so much for liberals crooning over and over again about people not shoving their morals down their throats. Well, that's what liberalism does in spades. Anyway, I wanted to get to the stupidest thing ever, which is something that came across uh, today. And you're going to love this. Thomas, are you listening? You are going to love this. I am listening. (laughs) All right. I mean, I'm so glad we are not children today attending public school, having to eat the school lunch. As bad as it was when we were kids, it has only gotten worse, as everybody knows, after Michelle Obama got Congress to pass the healthy food, whatever, bland, the bland and tasteless food act. Now she wants to take things a step further. Instead of – I'm going to mute you for a second <laughs> – I got a little breather up here. <laughs> Instead of limiting her busybody activity in, in constructing what kids are going to eat, or rather what they're throwing away, on their lunch trays, she's moving this operation to the grocery store, your grocery store, near you, where you're going to shop. A new 80-page report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture explains that federal bureaucrats hope to use a variety of tools to modify the way Americans select food items at the supermarket. What does this mean? This means Michelle Obama is going to sit in your shopping cart and tell you what you cannot eat. Or instead, at first, she's going to tell you, she's going to give you a little pat on the back, every time you choose something she likes. The goal is to steer consumers toward fruits and vegetables and away from sugar and fat-laden items. Nothing bad in that in itself. We should all eat more fruits and vegetables. I'm not saying that that's bad. But the plan is in line with her stated second-term agenda. I didn't know that first ladies had agendas for the country. I know they have agendas for themselves, but I didn't know she had an agenda. For me, the nature of food in grocery stores, and this is from the freebeacon.com who reported on this. It appears that the idea is to sell these high-tech shopping carts that are able to see and evaluate what you put in it and give you uh, either a pat on the back or... Nothing, I guess. Hope first of all, it's not going to be it's, to start off with. They're not going to say anything. They're going to say something later. And when you put something healthy in your shopping cart, you get an incentive for making a healthy food choice, such as discounts for t- movie tickets. Um, the shopping cart might even talk to you. It might have a little health meter attached to it so that they can evaluate what you buy or what you put into it. Michelle Obama and her minions also envision turning the grocery store into a classroom where shoppers can receive cooking tips and advice from dietitians, you know, federal dietitians, a federally run classroom. 
they also want to change the signage in the store, the lighting, product placement, so that customers can more easily find the healthy snacks and the healthy foods that Michelle Obama says we ought to be eating. Folks, this is the nudge. This is the nudge before the shove. This is the nudge before the push. First, the, uh, the talking health meter in your shopping cart is going to say, good job, bananas, yay, apples, oh, yay, kale chips, oh, yay, yeah, here's a movie ticket. But what if you don't put kale chips in your cart? What if you put potato chips in your cart? What if you put Doritos in your cart? What if you put uh, beer in your cart? I don't know. What if you put all kinds of things and you have nothing healthy in there? What's it going to do then? At first, I think it's going to do nothing. But if everybody starts doing that, we start thwarting Michelle Obama's little system here. What's, what, are, what is Michelle Obama going to do next? Oh, they're not done. First, it's an incentive. Then it's going to be more uh, – first, they're going to maybe put those items on sale. They're going to do other things. Um, but what if you don't go along with it? And then here, I think we're going to see a big, big change in the posture of those talking shopping carts. It's going to say – I think Arnold's going to come right out of my shopping cart and rip that cookie out of my hand and say, put that cookie down. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the stupidest thing ever. I totally, I think I sucked all the humor out of that. I did. I'm so sorry about that. That's supposed to be a lot funnier than that. But it is ridiculous, the lengths that the federal government is going to go to in order to, for us to conform. Are we all going to wear little brown shirts from now on? Are we all going to wear uniforms? Are, are the names of our schools, our public schools, going to change to schoolhouse number 42 and 43 and 44? Are we going to start living, living in districts now in relation to the capital? I don't know. But I hope that things don't come to that in the United States. Join us on the next True Life Fridays radio next week. We're going to have a lot more content. We are going to have a lot more cutting commentary. Thank you for joining me. And thank you, Thomas, for chirping in a little bit and joining me uh, back in the background. I appreciate the company. You guys, everybody, have a wonderful rest of the week and have a great weekend. See you next week.